Welcome to Had to Be There, the podcast that allows you to explore the world's greatest destinations through the stories of those who have been there. Here to ignite the wanderlust within, your host and favorite travel planner, Kelly Acevedo. Habari, and welcome to the Had to Be There podcast. I'm your host, Kelly. And this is episode 28. Today's story takes us through Uganda in the 1980s, a time when the country was still reeling from a civil war. This is another classic example of educating yourself before traveling to a new place. Today's guest understood the climate they were entering, and while they still encountered some scary moments, they did not allow their fear keep them from their adventure. Obviously, we're now about 40 years removed from this era, but the lesson to be cautious and vigilant remains as relevant as ever. As a travel professional, I always encourage my clients to take the time, do their due diligence before committing to visit a new country. What documentation will you need? How do you plan to get around once you get there? What's the current political climate like? Just in preparing for this episode, I see that the State Department has the travel advisory for Uganda at a level three, encouraging travelers to hold off and reconsider visiting at this time. In this day and age, we have access to so much information right at our fingertips. I emphatically encourage you to use it and to always have a travel agent to help guide you through the process. So now that we've got all that out of the way, let's jump into this week's Had to Be There moment. All right, Kathy, welcome to the show. I'm thrilled that you could be here with me today. Thank you, Kelly. I'm excited to talk about travel. (laughs) Before we jump in, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about you? All right. Yeah, my name's Kathy Nesbitt. I'm a, my working title is Kathy Crawley Laughing Bean Queen. <laughs> it's simple solutions for today's challenges, worms for amending the soil, sprouts for eating and laughter for, for overall health and wellness. I love that. <laughs> I love to laugh. So I, I'm super into that. I think that's so important. You have a beautiful voice, by the way, Kelly. It's, it's very soothing. <laughs> Oh, thank you. (laughs) Right back at you. (laughs) (laughs) So you've had the opportunity to do quite a bit of travel. I I did. You know, I feel like the 80s was my decade of travel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I lived in France for a year. I traveled in Europe for three months with my boyfriend at the time, now husband. Um, Yeah, I traveled around Canada. But I think our greatest adventure was... Um, 13 months traveling around Africa and Asia. Wow. Mm. That's quite an itinerary. (laughs) What was the highlight? Well, there was many. I mean, the story that I shared to um, as the hook was probably, you know, when you're traveling for so long, you need to know your companion. First of all, you'll know if you can live together or not after traveling for so long. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah. And so during the 13 months while we were away, there was always one of us were, you know, had our head about us and the other one might be losing it. Like, ah, I don't know what's happening. This particular story took place in, in Uganda and 
it was the time, the one time that we both almost lost it at the same time where we were just like freaking out, like literally freaking out. So it was, um, I guess it was 1990 by this time, by the time we got to um, Uganda and we had spent some time in Kenya and it was so wonderful, um, you know, going on safari. That was one of the reasons I wanted to do this trip was to see the big five. Yeah. Go, you know, right? So beautiful, amazing that everybody should uh, plan to to do that um, mm. once in their life because it's magical. I, I thought I could die after that. It was just like, wow, I've, I've seen it all now. I mean, I obviously haven't. <laughs> and, and so while we were there, we were like, oh, you know, Uganda's right there. Why don't we head on over to Uganda? We'll just skip on over, like thinking that all East African countries would be similar. Um, Uganda had just uh, come off their um, civil war. There was, you know, bullet holes in buildings and it was it was very war torn. And the people seemed to be a scared populace. You know, they were friendly coming up to us. They were glad to see us, um, but almost desperate. Um, yeah. So we, we weren't comfortable there. We kind of felt like Kenya was home. <laughs> And we wanted to kind of get out of Uganda as quick as we could. Um, so when you're traveling for such a long time, budget is a big thing you take into consideration. Absolutely. <laughs> right. You know, you're, you, you really do watch your pennies, literally. And we had the option of taking the bus or taking the train from Kampala to um, the, the border with Kenya. And it was, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to say 20 cents or 50 cents more to uh, go by bus. So we were like, oh, why don't we just take the train? You know, the bus was faster and it was a little bit more expensive. But we were like, you know, we're, we're not in a hurry. <laughs> sure. Right. Well, it's, it was going to be, I think, I, I think it was a three hour train ride, What you know, scheduled. <laughs> mm. huh. Now, what we didn't know, we, we got on the train. There was bullet holes in the seats, you know, the, the padding was missing, springs were exposed, there was holes in the windows. Uh, it was dilapidated train, let's say that. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Um, I hope I'm painting a pretty picture. Who doesn't want to go there? <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's fine. Three hours is fine. We can do it. Uh, we had a liter of water and we had, I believe we had four slices of bread and peanut and a little bit of peanut butter. It's, I know it sounds, why am I explaining this? Because it was the trip from hell. <laughs> and so as the train was filling up um, with families, they had goats and they had chickens and they had picnic baskets, Kelly. They had food, they had provisions. They knew this was going to be an ordeal. Oh boy. They, you Red know, flag. it wasn't their first <laughs> pony ride, <laughs> right, right. right? They knew the country, they knew the system. So, uh, okay. So we headed out for our three hour tour <laughs> and the train kept stopping. It just would stop in the middle of nowhere. Nobody would say anything. There was no announcements, you know, like we were expecting right. <laughs> and nobody was freaking out except us. Mm. Everybody was, you know, they were having their, um, their meals and whatever they were just like nobody was freaking out they right, just were just another day biding their time mm -hmm. and so that's fine and then it got you know it, the, then the train would go and we're like okay good Whew. and we're sipping on our water thinking okay and then we ate our sandwiches <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> this trip any, anyway ended up being 14 hours 14 <sighs> hour tra trip it was like 
Wow. We just kind of just wanted to just get off the train in the middle of nowhere because we had no idea what was going on. And so when we arrived at the train station, it was it was middle of the night, dark. And apparently there was snipers in the in the hill, hillside. So, um, oh, God. I know. So the whole train load of people had to sleep in the train station on the floors. You know, there was a couple of benches. I mean, we were packing our sleeping bags, so we had sleeping bags. So many of the people had blankets and stuff because, right, it wasn't their first time. Sure. <laughs> wow, it was just so frightening. So once we, morning, so we slept there. What are you going to do? Um, right. As best as we could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, morning came and we made our way to the border. And we had, it was Sunday. We had no money, no Kenyan money. And we had, and the banks aren't open on Sunday. So we didn't know what we were going to do. We just knew we wanted to go back to Kenya because we felt safe there. I don't know why it's, it's kind of fascinating when you think about it. Right. 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 So, so there we were, we're like, oh my gosh, we just were kind of, um, what do you say? Shell shocked, I guess we were just like overwhelmed by the experience. Uh, so we get to the border, um, and we had, so we're Canadian. We had our Canadian passports. A gentleman came in behind us and remarked on our Canadian passport, said, oh, you're Canadian. Um, where are you headed? And we said, we're going to uh, Nairobi in Kenya. And he said, oh, would you like a ride? And we were like, oh, sure, that would be great. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> wow, yes, please, right? And so he said, I have some business some business to do um, with with the customs. So why don't you wait for me outside? I'll be right out. So we go outside. There's an old beater car and there's a BMW. So we're like, huh, is he the BMW or is he the beater? (laughs) Like we didn't care. (laughs) Uh, He was the BMW. So Kelly, not only did we get a ride from the border to Nairobi, we went in style and you know it was so beautiful it was really a magic moment and there was many of those over the 13 months I bet that's Mm. incredible (laughs) and this was like like you said right after um the civil war and Uganda still being kind of in that state um not even rebuilding yet um that's very that's a very scary thing to kind of venture into. I give you guys a lot of credit for that. We were naive, Kelly. We were 27. We thought we we owned the world, you know, we thought we could go anywhere and and um, you know, be we thought we were safe anywhere, honestly. We we, right. we didn't know and the world was a different place in 1990. Sure. Before cell phones, before we were all connected and we oh my knew gosh, everything. And before cell phones, I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> we had traveler's checks. We had American Express traveler's oh my checks. God. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's so funny. The whole thing is hilarious. Like the way we planned it out is so perfect. We had American Express, we got a, an American Express um, credit card and we used the American Express um, traveler's checks because then we could go to the American Express offices around the world. We could have mail delivered there by, you know, our family and friends because we get kind of left our itinerary, itinerary where we were going. Right, right. Not, you know, not day by day, but like, you know, this month we'll be here. Yeah. Um, and, and then we could get more traveler's checks. So it was kind of a great system. It was, um, it was a beautiful way to, 
to do it. I mean, it's different now because traveler's checks are no more. And right. now we write everything's different. Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let me finish that story about um, going to Kenya. So yes. in Nairobi, of course, we had our beautiful Lonely Planet guide, which was our Bible. Oh, right. Every, right? Every, every country that we traveled in, we'd pick up one of those. like, And we we just trade with somebody like, hey, you're going where we just came from, want our book. And we'll, you know, we'll take yours. Great. Um, so in the Lonely Planet guide for Nairobi, it talks about um, the Iqbal Hotel for Travelers. Um, it's in a, you know, not not an upper end part. Um, and the gentleman at the time, I have no idea now, but um, in the 90s, this man, not that he was a power person, he just took his time. And when people arrived, you just, you know, got in line, you kind of sat down because it could be it could be an hour. It could be a couple of hours before he gets to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if you went and asked, you know, hey, we've been waiting a while. How long is it going to be? You would wait longer. Wow. That's how it was. It was just that's how it was. So we bided our time when we we got there the first time um, before going to Uganda. And he had a Toronto Blue Jays picture of the Blue Jays uh, winning team from when they won the World Cup, the World um, Series. Wow. Right. Uh, all the way. In, and we're from Toronto. We were from Toronto. Yeah. So that was we were like, hey, you're a Blue Jays fan. And he just perked right up. He, we were Aww. like we were like five star guests at that point. We were, <laughs> right. Oh, I so love we, that. I don't you love it? And that's a tip for people when you're traveling. Connect with people that are there. Like, you know, if they mention that they're baseball fans yes. or, that, you know, yes. soccer fans. I, it, anytime I'm anywhere, if I see somebody wearing a New York Mets hat, I high five them. Right? Absolutely. It drives my husband crazy. (laughs) No, it connects you. It's, you know, it's all about experiences that connect you with people. It's, that's what is the magic sauce in travel. Yeah. So we gave, we happened to, uh, who knows why, we, we, we played uh, softball um, before we left. So we brought, our, <laughs> we brought our gloves. Can you imagine we brought our softball gloves, oh, like our baseball funny. gloves, and a big honking softball. Like, why did we do that? We had, like, our packs were already 40 pounds. <laughs> priorities, Kathy, priorities. Oh, my gosh. But we, so we gave him, um, what did we give him? Did we give him our softball? Anyway, we were connected, right? We were his. So as soon as we knew that we were getting a ride to Nairobi, we knew we could go back to the Iqbal. And I, unfortunately, I don't remember the gentleman's name, but we knew as soon as he saw us, he would put us to the front of the list and we'd get a room with oh. it, without money because we didn't have money, remember? Right. It's wow. about connect, making connections with people. And this is a, a metaphor for life because... Absolutely. When, you know, that, that trip um, really helped me. I'm, I'm 59 now. In my 60th, I'm going to be 60. Yoop. Um, because <laughs> it's just a number. Who cares? That's right. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it really is for me. Life is really about um, just experiences. It's about meeting people and having that moment where you connect and, and you don't know. That's true. That's so true. I'm so glad that you guys made it back to Nairobi in one piece. (laughs) Right. And we bought chicken out of out of a hole in the wall. That was our first experience having I think it was chicken tikka. 
And the place was just like right beside the Iqbal Hotel. So anyone that's listening that's been to Nairobi and stayed at the Iqbal, you know, the place I'm talking about, the chicken place, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably still there. I believe it. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. So yeah. you've, you've ticked off quite quite a good number of countries. Do you have a tally how many you have visited? Oh, you know, I did at one time. That would have been a great thing to have for this episode. <laughs> uh, it's well over 30 countries. It's wow. Yeah, it's well over 30 countries. You know, when we traveled, I, I would do it differently now, knowing what I know and having done what I did. Um, I wanted to go and meet the people. I thought I was going to go and go to all these places and get connect with all those people. And then I, then I was like, Oh, wait a minute. Sometimes when you're not in a place long enough, you're just kind of, you know, it's a whistle stop. Uh, Sometimes the people that you meet are not the most upstanding people. The had to be there podcast is brought to you by vacations by Kelly, where your host becomes your travel agent. As a proud affiliate of Academy Travel, Kelly specializes in Disney destinations and can help with all non-Disney excursions worldwide as well. When you book with Kelly, you're getting much more than a travel agent. You're getting a personalized concierge-level travel partner. And the best part? Her services are completely free. It's true. So when you're ready to make your next travel dream a reality, Vacations by Kelly is ready to make it happen. Visit hadtobethere.net slash vacations to get started. You need to be mindful. That's That was a huge lesson um, early on. Um, actually, it was in Kenya as well. We were writing postcards in, in a park, you know, like you do. Sure. <laughs> maybe not postcards anymore. Maybe it's Facebook posts. <laughs> <laughs> You're it's probably right. a lot faster now. Anyway, we, yeah. uh, we, we took a day to uh, to go to go to the park and just write postcards home because we said we would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we smoked cigarettes at the time. So there we are smoking. And in Kenya and Nairobi at that time, there was often um, we would meet people who would come up to us and, you know, were from. They would say they were from South Africa and, you know, we didn't know um, that they'd been traveling for months. You know, they walked from there and they're hungry and can we give them money and all that stuff. And we we said we 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 kind of had a system that we gave money. There was a lot of people who were lepers and sitting on corners and and they clearly couldn't work and, you know, whatever. So we we decided we would give money to the people that that really needed money Um, because you can't give to everybody. It's not possible. Right. And so they said, well, how about a, how about a um, cigarette? Just how about, so we were like, sure here, you know, have a smoke. And so we had a smoke. We were just talking. Great. When we left, when we left that. such a nineties interaction. (laughs) (laughs) Can I bum a cigarette? Right. Now it's like, are you kidding? No, they're, they're five bucks each now. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) So, so we left there that again, you know, it was a fine interaction and we're, we're kind of in another park, another part of Nairobi. And a, a man came up and said, you know, he was from South Africa and da, 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 and started the thing. My husband was sick of people coming up to us and asking for money. So he started to walk away. Um, and I, you know, I had, 
I'm maybe over it. I'm not sure. I had that syndrome of wanting to please people and not, you know, hurt anybody. Right. So I, you know, what a sucker. You got to be mindful. My goodness. <laughs> right. Or you get played. It's true. And that, this was a huge lesson. So this, so I was listening and this gentleman, these cons are really good. This guy said to me, you know, I said, I, he, oh, he says to my husband, he shouts after him. Hey, what are you prejudice? Right. Okay. That makes you turn and come back and, mm-hmm. and be like, Ooh, no, of course not. Right. <laughs> right. All right. Now he's got my husband back. <laughs> right. And he, so he says, Oh, I'm not actually, um, from South Af- Africa. I'm working for the Kenyan secret, secret police. He flashes like a library card thing at us. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and I'm like freaking again, I'm freaking out. It's like some laminated card. How do I know he flashes it and puts it sure. away? And he says, you're in serious trouble, right? And in Kenya, I don't know now how it is, but at that time, you weren't allowed to talk politics. Mm. You weren't permitted to just talk openly about things. So, so this, and again, what do we know, right? So he says, "Um, you're in big trouble, you know, come on if we, oh, no, what did he say? No, sorry, pardon me, I've jumped ahead. He says, Mm -hmm. "Um, I'm I'm actually, I'm going to um, Guelph, University to be, I'm, I'm studying to be a veterinarian at the Guelph University. Guelph University in Canada is the top vet university. Okay. To be a veterinarian. And um, so that's what I was saying. The cons know if we were from Australia, he would have had a story about Sydney. Right. Right. If, right? if, he, if we're from England, he would have had something about London or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he had, he, we were like Canadians. And so he was like Guelph University. So I was like, wow. Oh, so he said, can I talk to you about, about Canada? You know, I'm moving there and I'm like interested to know. So I was like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Great. Mm-hmm. So he said, can we go over to this you know this little restaurant over here and and chat so I'm like all right so my husband says as long as you don't want money like the okay and so he says oh what do you mean and so I say oh we were at a park writing postcards and these guys come out to do to do I'm tell them the story and so that's fine we go to the cafe when we sit down he said I'm not I'm not going to Guelph I'm working for the Kenyan secret police you're in big trouble for talking politics with those guys, da, da, da. And I'm, and I'm, and again, I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my God. And so a guy comes over, they speak Swahili, they exchange a couple of words. The guy sits down and he says, right, tell me what went on at the park. And I, I, I can't talk. I'm just like, I'm, I'm paralyzed. I'm thinking, oh my God, I should have stayed home. Why didn't I, why did my mom told me to stay home? What am I doing? I'm, I'm, I can't talk. I'm, I'm, I'm literally paralyzed. I'm thinking I'm, I'm dead today. This is the day I die. And, and thank God for my husband and his wherewithal. He said, because the guy was just wearing khakis. He didn't flash any library card. <laughs> My husband says, this is a scam. We got to get out of here right now. And so he grabs my hand because I'm thinking, oh, my God, they're going to shoot us in the back. No, we oh can't go. God. Right. I'm, I don't know what to do. Do I go with my man or I stay in? And I don't know what. Right. So I, I go with my guy. <laughs> 
Roll the dice. <laughs> right. I'm, I can't talk. I'm, I'm literally, Kelly, I'm, I'm paralyzed. I'm just like being dragged along. I'm in shock again. I feel like, oh, what, the, what the hell is happening here? Yeah. And we get out of there. I'm thinking, they're going to shoot us in the back. Why? What's happening? We get out. We're free. Like, nothing's happening. We see two real cops. We go up to them. And we, we're sharing the story of what happened. And one guy's kind of smirking like stupid foreigners and <laughs> you know really like literally right. and the other guy said you're lucky you got away you don't know they might have left you for dead they might have just taken you somewhere and robbed you oh we do, you don't know what would have happened and I'm thinking so what now like he said don't worry you'll never see them again wow and we never did oh not that we weren't looking over our shoulder I bet <laughs> I bet Oh wow. Goodness. Be aware. That was such a great lesson. That was early yeah, days. Absolutely. That was early days in our 13 months away. So that was like, oh, be mindful. Not everybody's yes. your friend. Right. That's a good lesson for life in general, not just when you're traveling. <laughs> Isn't it? But not to be afraid, right? I don't want people to right. be afraid of cat. Like just be open, but mindful. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That is wild. <laughs> Um, so you mentioned earlier that you lived for a year in France. Yes. So you may know that Canada is a bilingual country, supposedly some, you know, <laughs> some, par some parts, more parts, some parts more than others. Um, and I worked at a com company that was, is a bilingual company and people would start in the morning. Hey, good morning. And the person would say, you know, good mornings. How are you? And the person would respond in French. Oh, ça va bien, whatever that to do. How about you? And I'm like, wow, what a cool skill. I want to, I want to do that. Yeah. So I decided that living in France and being immersed in the French would be, um, a cool experience. <laughs> Sure. And, and a great way to learn. So I was an au pair, which is a fancy word for nanny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was a nanny in, in uh, the south of France in Arles, where Van Gogh cut his ear off. Wow. <laughs> and, and, oh, what a, that was a very cool, thank you for uh, mentioning that. I mean, I mean, I know I mentioned it, but bringing it up. I was au pair for the mayor. He was new mayor. He just got elected as mayor. Wow. Um, a dermatologist, so a wealthy family. Mm -hmm. um, they had, they had two, um, two kind of maids. One that came every day to do the daily, like dishes and this and that, mm -hmm. and one that came once a week for the heavy duty, you know, really cleaning. Yeah. And and me, as the, and so I was like, wow, look at they have three like people. Right. So I had a car. I went to university. Like there was really nothing for me to do there except learn French. It was a very cool experience. That's amazing. Mm. And that must have been so like you had mentioned earlier, thinking you were going to go and travel to these places and live like a local. Um, but in this case, you actually were a local. Um, did you feel that way? Did you feel like you were just living live in the French life? <laughs> uh, not really. You know, it's, uh, it's an interesting culture in France. Um, yeah, I, I never kind of felt like I fit in. I had a lot of friends who were from North Africa, a lot of people who had emigrated from North Africa, you know, um, um, what was I going to say? I was Kenya, not Kenya, um, <clears throat> Morocco, Algeria, T uh, Tunisia, who had, who were then residing because you know a lot of people come across to Marseille and then 
lived down in the south of France. So rather than French people, yeah, no, I was more friends with um, North Africans. Wow. Interesting, yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> Did it help your French? Yes, because they didn't, they didn't speak English. They, they spoke Arabic just... and French. Oh, wow. Mm. That's amazing. I gained 40 pounds when I lived in France. Well, sure. I mean, yeah, those pastries. I'm not, a, I'm not a dessert person, but when you live in France, oh my gosh, those pastries are so decadent. Yeah. So I think I had one every day. Oh man, that's the way to do it though. I mean, right? Immerse yourself, right? Get Absolutely. right in there. <laughs> um, and I have to ask, um, because I see that you are a certified laughter yoga teacher. I like yoga and I like laughing. Tell me more about this. Thank you. Yes. So laughter yoga actually is not about fancy pants or poses. It's intentional laughter exercises, um, laughing for the health of it. So as a laughter teacher, a laughter class uh, is about 30 minutes or 60 minutes. There's gentle warm up. Um, it's a it's a what do you call it? A cardiovascular workout. So it really is. Um, you know, you want to be careful not to hurt yourself. <laughs> you know, have you ever had a laughing fit with your friends and your your stomach's hurting, Absolutely. your cheeks are hurting? <laughs> right? Those, Those are, are the, the laughter muscles. Less and less during this cuckoo time where it's so stressful, right? There's fear, fear, fear everywhere all around. Um, love is the opposite of fear. And um, so when we're laughing... We're, we're kind of out of fear. We're, we're, it's high vibration. Fear is a low vibrating energy. You know, it's negative. It's, it's kind of, it keeps, it keeps us stuck. It keeps, it reminds me of, you know, when I was in Kenya, in Uganda, where I was like paralyzed. That's what fear is. It keeps you, yeah. it, it doesn't allow you to come up with solution and, and creativity. Right. So laughter is the opposite of that. We can live without food and water for a few days. We may be grumpy and uncomfortable, uncomfortable, but we can do it, <laughs> right? We can only live without oxygen for a few minutes. So laughter forces us like we can't just ha ha, we're exhaling, right? We have to inhale, ha <gasps> ha ha, so we can continue right. laughing. Right. So beautiful. Um, yeah, it's really a magic thing. And I do have a free Tuesday club. I would love for people to check out my, my laughter club. Um, you know, we need it more than ever. Um, we have a mental health tsunami, Kelly. I know, you know, Absolutely. and, and it was before it was here before this global thing that we have going on, right? It was, it, we just have to look at it now. And when people are isolated, you know, they're stuck with the, their, that person in their head, that voice in your head that is not your friend. Right. It's never encouraging. It's always like, yeah, what are you doing now? No, yeah, you, right. you didn't succeed last time. Why are you doing No, Stop it. You look ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that is the worst. Oh, right. You would never have a friend like that. You would dismiss right. them. Absolutely you would. <laughs> yeah. So laughter, you know, it helps us not... It doesn't take the problems away. It helps us become more resilient. Mm, because, like right, when we're stressed, we're secreting a heck of a lot of cortisol. So that cortisol is creating through our body and, and it's not healthy. You know, it just now our body has to come down from that cortisol hit versus when we're laughing, we're secreting, you know, 
Have you ever heard laughter is the best medicine? Absolutely. <laughs> it's the truth, right? It, have, I say, have you had your daily dose? Dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins, the love yeah. drugs. Yeah. So when we're laughing, it overrides stress. We can't be in stress. Like we can't be in parasympathetic and sympathetic um, nervous system at the same time. We're in one or the other. And when we're stressed, that's all. That's the only place we are. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and in today's world, our little amygdala is the stress center and it hasn't evolved. So, you know, not that people are not in imminent danger. There are situations where people are in, you know, dire straits. But for the most part, the stress that we're under today is, is imagined. You know, it's made up. It, we're not that we're not going to be we're not going to die in that moment. Right. Right. So we really don't need to be paralyzed by the stress that we are. Um, the anxiety, the frustration, the depression, all of these um, emotions or the, all of these feelings are um, not that they're not necessary. Emotions are play a, a, an important role, um, but we can decide if we want to be um lighter, like just, you know, live a more joy-filled life despite the problems that we may be experiencing. Mm. That's so important. Yeah. I love Thank what you. you're doing. <laughs> Thank um, you. I have to know what is at the top of your travel bucket list? Oh, the top. There's a few, but I, I would love to go to, mm, I'm going to say two if I can. I'm going to say Galapagos. I'm going to say Galapagos. I would love to go the, to the Galapagos Islands. That's when I win the lottery one day. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I would love to go to Machu Picchu in Peru. Oh. Mm. Like in one trip. They're boom, boom, right there. Uh, right there. I mean, right there. <laughs> yeah, they probably are. So when I win the lottery, I, I will um, do both. Excellent. <laughs> Want to come? Well, absolutely. I will be there. Sign me up. <laughs> Sounds good. In the meantime, where can we find you if we want to connect on social media? Oh, beautiful. So probably my worm website is most complete. It's kathyscomposters.com. And it's the 20th anniversary selling worms by the pound. Can you imagine? Wow. Yeah. For indoor composting. It's for you know, to convert our food scraps and paper into soil so we, we can grow more nutrient-rich food. It's, uh, I mean, it's really a heavy mission, Kelly. That's why laughter has helped me with this heavy mission that I have of helping solve world hunger by managing our food waste. It's, I mean, it's, that's for a whole nother chat, but, um, you know. That's, that's no easy feat. Yeah, that's why the laughter really has helped me stay in this. And when people say, ew, worms in the house, I go, oh, it's okay. It's not, that's not my stuff. That's their issue. Right. And, um, you know, I don't let it get me down anymore. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Well, <laughs> I am going to include links to all of your things in the episode show notes. So if anybody wants to find you or connect, they are free to do so. It has been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing these incredible travel experiences that you've had in your life. 
I had to be here. You really did. <laughs> you really did. And, and you'll be back to chat with us after your lottery trip to uh, Galapagos and Machu Picchu. <laughs> oh, you know I will. Yes, please, Kelly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to show your support is to rate or review us on whatever platform you're listening. And if this episode left you feeling like you just had to be there, reach out to Kelly to start planning an adventure of your own. Don't forget to follow us at HadToBeThere203 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And visit our website, www.HadToBeThere.net. Until next time, get out there and make your own had to be there memories.